Welcome to another edition of Viking Voices. Special guest today is Bruce Larson, who kind of is a uh, multifaceted member of the Western Washington University campus. Uh, works in the Woodring College as a dean, but he is also the faculty athletic representative for WWU Athletics. We call them FARS. But uh, Bruce, thanks for joining us here on Viking Voices. We're excited to learn more about your role on campus, uh, learn about your 25 years up here in Bellingham, over 25 years, um, and just kind of touch base on what it means to be a student athlete. So welcome. Thanks, Jeff. It's good to be here and uh, nice to see you. I, I look forward to uh, thinking a little bit with you today about Viking athletics. Awesome. Well, first question I always like to ask is just kind of give us a background. What's your role um, in Woodring, um, both past and what you're doing now, kind of on a one-year term? And then we'll kind of go, I'll ask you another question about what your role is as a faculty athletic representative. Great. Yeah, I, I hadn't done the math to know when I exactly came to Western, but I, I came here as a professor in the uh, secondary ed department where we prepare people to become middle school and high school teachers. Um, and so in teacher education, and that's been great in allowing me to not only work with students over the years, but also to kind of plug into our local and area school districts. And so I, I work specifically with those that want to become middle school and high school social studies teachers and teaching them what we call teaching methods courses or courses that look at learning theory and how to teach and, and how to assess student learning. And it's been really a, a great activity and, and a great uh, series of things to explore together for the last well, now 25 years, I guess, and things have changed a lot in how we go about that and, and what we've learned about how our brains work and, and all those things. Uh, this year, I'm, I'm uh, the dean of the college uh, in a role we couldn't fill the spot last year, and I've been around enough and had enough contacts that it seemed like a safe bet to put me in that position. And so it's great. Now I'm looking at areas of our college, which goes beyond teacher education into rehabilitation counseling, mental health awareness, um, human services, and nursing. And so it's a, a wide range of things that our college represents. Outstanding. Your background is as a former student athlete. You played football, Pacific Lutheran. Uh, you've been a coach uh, in your career when you were a teacher. And uh, now you have the role uh, since 2013 where you work with the uh, student athletes as the faculty athletic representative. Tell us a little bit about what that role is, um, some of the day-to-day -day activities that you do and how you um, work with campus and athletics? That's a great question. Um, I, th I always joke that the FAR, the faculty athletic rep is, a, is somewhat invisible uh, because I, uh, oftentimes student athletes are, or parents and uh, aren't necessarily able to name that, that position. It's an NCAA requirement. I think it's fantastic. That really tries to keep the student part of student athlete engaged. Officially, I, I am the liaison between athletics and the president at, at Western. And so I had the opportunity to, to work closely with all of those camps and all, all of those groups. Um, one of the things that we do as the FAR is to try to help students um, be successful as student athletes. That involves working with our athletic directors with compliance issues, also working with coaches and scheduling. And even, you know, some of the things if a student athlete's away at a game and they have to take a test for a class or if a faculty member is struggling with um, kind of coming to, to understand why a student athlete might have to miss an assignment because of a game or, or a practice, just helping to with that communication piece and, um, and really helping, I think maybe the, the catchphrase that is in the NCAA, especially at the division two level, is this, this notion of life in the balance and just really helping our student athletes keep that key. So you can think there's a lot of things potentially out of balance there. Um, too much emphasis on 
the sport, too much emphasis on the school, too much emphasis on social life, too much emphasis on different things. And uh, just helping to kind of keep that all in balance so that mental health is strong, academic success is strong, performance on the field or the pitch or the court or whatever is strong, uh, and just helping them be successful all the way around. You're going to, me and you are probably going to say the term student athlete uh, uh, a number of times in this interview, and that's going to be the kind of focus, but that's a great start. Um, you know, our students, athletes are here for both. That's the great thing about Division II Life in the Balance. Um, they're good at both things, and we'll get into that a little bit more, but what's your favorite part about working with Western Athletics um, when you took this role? Uh, did it kind of scratch an itch? You've all, always been around athletics, but was it kind of cool to kind of be a little bit more involved since when you took that role over from uh, Brent Carbajal? That was exactly it. I, I had, um, in fact, I asked Brent Carbajal, um, who was the FAR before me, um, about two years before he stepped on, I said, are you, are you sure you want to keep doing it? And he said, yes, thank you very much. <laughs> I, I enjoy it a great deal. And so, um, but I, it's a, I, I do remember my faculty athletic rep when I was in college, and I do remember, um, you know, what he did amazingly. Um, but I always thought that that would be a, a, a very interesting way to, to link this side of me that's become pure academics, right? So I'm involved in scholarship and in research and in teaching um, and not necessarily even integrated with athletics. And so there was always that opportunity to kind of do something completely different in many ways from what I normally do as a professor, um, but then to link together. And, and as you know, Jeff, and as probably most of the listeners know, uh, the Western athletics program is like outstanding. And so to come alongside and really just to kind of join along with the, the coaches um, and the different student athletes um, is, is just a, was fantastic. And to see the work that they're doing, the coaches and the administrative staff and the athletics department in general uh, with the student athletes, the care that they have for the students' success, not only in their sport, but with each other socially and, and, and relationally, but also in the classroom academically. Um, it's just a fantastic group to join forces with. So I was super excited to have the opportunity to, to come alongside and, and just uh, be involved with, to be learning more about and uh, help support in any way possible the athletics programs. Timing is pretty much perfect on this. We're rolling out a little project today, a visual project that's called, you know, WW Athletics is excellent. Ex uh, uh, you know, excellent in the classroom, excellent in competition, excellence on campus and the community coaching, the tradition, the game day experience. Um, so all those things play into it, but a, a big part of this, probably what I think is the biggest part of this outside of the national championships and the conference titles is our success in the classroom. And it's nothing, you know, not more prevalent than right now. Um, our student athletes have achieved a 90% academic success rate over the last three of the last four years, which has earned us a pretty prestigious NCAA President's Award. Um, you know, I'm going to read off some different numbers here, but um, last quarter, which was virtually online, so there's so many challenges, 3.34 um, department GPA with 13 of the 15 teams going above 3.0. Last year, 111 student athletes got GNAC All Academic Honors. The list goes on. Talk about that success and the rigors of being a student athlete and how impressive some of those numbers are, especially in your role as, as kind of, I mean, there's kind of a little bit of a, a shine as an FAR to have those academic accolades. It, it really is something that we, um, I don't think we take it for granted, but I think sometimes we have such success in the classrooms. Our student athletes do so well. 
and if we give credit to where credit's due, the coaches encourage the student athletes to keep up on their studies, to engage in different ways to provide them. Now, it's, this is not the some of the, the the infamous D1 models where you know tutors come along and 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 intervene and and we have these kind of you know concerning practices where courses are. That's not at all what we do here. These these student athletes are in, in classrooms um, with other students at Western and 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 have to figure out how to navigate that space of, of literally working as a student athlete um, on the books for, you know, at least about 20 hours a week as a athletics job, and then turning around and performing well in the, in the classroom. You know, that president's award that you mentioned about 90% academic success rate, we're one of only six um, universities, public universities in the whole NCAA division two nationwide that that's won that award. And that's that's like remarkable. The fact that, um, you know, these student athletes in the fall where we were remote and everything is up in a, kind of a, a fruit basket upset and 13 of the team's uh, athletes scored at least a three point, you know, th those are just stunning numbers. And when you, when you look at their success, um, it happens every year, right? So you think about the fact that the student athletes are here for anywhere from two to five years in their, in their competitive role, whether they're red shirting or transferring in, and yet repeatedly we get that success. Um, it's, it's really, really quite remarkable to see them being able to consistently perform so well in the classroom. Um, I do also think that there's a, there's a, a, a culture of, of coming to Western to perform as a student athlete means you're going to have excellence. I love the word. Um, on the court or in the, in the, in the comp competitive field, but there's also going to be this expectation that you're going to have excellence in the classroom. You're going to graduate with a degree that you can use. You're going to be looking to a career because most of our student athletes probably don't go on to a professional level. Many do, but most of them don't. And so to set them up for that success after class, after school, after graduation is really important. Well, one of the one of the kind of the spinoffs of that is the career development side of things. And uh, Ed Roddy, who is a, a great supporter of WW Athletics and works at WeQ here in town, kind of just had a video interview where he talked about how our student athletes have those skills, whether they're soft skills or hard skills, that really transition them into the into the world. Um, you obviously have your pulse on education and teachers. But what are some of those skills and that skill set that a student athlete learns and um, excels in that makes them such a great next step in their lives? And that, you know, as far as moving on to a job as a teacher in the medical field, you know, even as a coach, which we see a lot, what are some of those skills that you identify that makes them so special? You know, before I answer that, one of the things that we is, is oftentimes, oftentimes um, forgotten about the student athletes is that because they're doing the, the work with the team, because they're, they're playing, and even when they're not in the competitive season, they're practicing and they're preparing and they're training, um, it, it doesn't afford a lot of student athletes the opportunities to um, do internships or to do um, uh, cross-cultural or, or international um, you know, programs to take a course overseas or to do any type of international study. Um, and so sometimes there's a concern that student athletes come out of their, um, their college years, their, their competitive seasons, um, without having some of those um, experiences that other students have had. And it's something that we, we wrestle with because there's really no way around that, right? We can't take a basketball player and have them leave in January to go to an internship in Everett, whereas another student might be able to, to do that. It's just the nature of their, of their other commitments. But when you stop and think about the question that you just asked, Jeff, there are some really 
um, clear things. So we have teamwork, we have commitment to excellence, we have the structure and discipline that's required to maintain not only a healthy body, but also a healthy mind to go forward. Um, we have interpersonal relationships. I often think that some of the friendships and connections that we build um, under stress, and there's something pretty stressful about being in the midst of a competitive um, or, or a competitive field or a competitive you know, game, uh, that you build some lifelong friends and some really close commitments uh, during those times that last, last forever. Um, and so there's all of those, those elements of, of, um, that you learn just as part of the process of engaging in the athletics programs and in athletics as general. But, but I think there's really, you know, one of the things that freshmen really struggle with across the university is this notion of time management. We're coming in and now I'm on my own. I get to figure out what I'm gonna eat. I get to figure out when I'm gonna sleep, how I'm gonna study, how I'm gonna prepare. And that's then heightened when you have, as an athlete, you have this time management of now having to figure out practice schedules and workout schedules and, 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 and game schedules. And they do it and they navigate it. And we just talked about their academic success. Well, that skill takes them into the workforce or takes them into their, their post-competitive careers or takes them into the, what they're doing with tremendous insight and opportunities to have put into practice some of those, those skills as well. Um, you know, so I, I had a coach in college and, and he always would joke and said, you know, that uh, people complain that our, our sports aren't enough about life. And, and he always turned it and said, no, nah, it's some ways life isn't enough like some of the sports where we have this focus, this goal, we are highly motivated to work at it. We're tapping into all of our resources, all of our relationships. We're emotionally, you know, stressed, but, but finding support and encouragement to go on. And then we have this joy, win or lose. We don't have to live in that land of never having tried, even failing. We, we come away with a sense of, I, I laid it all out there. I know what I'm worth. I, I, I went competitive on it and I can see where I stack up and, and we benefit and we learn from that. Well, that's, that's what our student athletes also take into their world after they leave Western. Well, perfect transition into asking you about your time as a student athlete. You were a football player at Pacific Lutheran. Um, and, you know, ironically enough, you competed against Western a lot. And they were somewhat of a rival, I believe, in your conference. But uh, tell us about your role when you were a student athlete at PLU down in the Tacoma and Parkland area. And what some of those traits really elevated you to go to the next level. You obviously went on to the University of Washington to get your master's, I believe, and doctorate, but what were those some things that you learned as being a student athlete? And, uh, and you have to give us a favorite Frosty Westering quote. He's, huh. he's noted for his quote, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold you accountable for your favorite Frostyism, too. Oh, that's, that's, there's so many. Um, uh, that was a long time ago, Jeff, and I <laughs> often wonder if I, if I ever even did that. Um, <laughs> But, but I do, I do have a, uh, I have a number of uh, friends from college that the closest ones are those that I competed with, you know, and we always would joke and say, the games are a lot of fun, but we had, we had so much bonding and fun time during the practices that it was, um, that it made it, I mean, and, and people hear that and they just kind of, you know, laugh at it because it's the, you know, Allen Iverson, it's practice, it's not the game, but, but, but it really was the, the enjoyment and the camaraderie and the rapport that we developed with each other um, during those practices that, that really led to the games almost being, you know, anticlimactic and, 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 and going for forward with that. Um, you know, that, you know, people don't care how much, you know, until they know how much you care was probably one that sticks in my mind. Uh, make the big time where you're at is another one that is a big one. Um, and then he just had this, you know, expression of having cheers and around this term of, you know, Add away, you know, that's the way, way to go. And those kind of, you know, 
those little just encouragements that, that you went through. Uh, but, but one of the things that I think that I learned most was um, that whatever you're doing in the moment, then you're, today we use the term being fully present or being intentional. Back then, you know, three decades ago, it was just um, wherever you are, be there and do the very best you can. And it's not how you stack up against everybody else. It's just how you stack up with your effort. And if you went forward and you failed, then you have another opportunity, the very next play to go forward again and, and, and see what was going on. No, it was, I, I, so now I'm suffering a little from, you know, some arthritis and some aches and pains that are directly tied to, I, I, I know this isn't necessarily the word we use around here, but I directly tied to the game of football and, um, and those, but I say, you know, well worth it. It was worth getting what I have now because of what I enjoyed then. And I, I learned to be a better speaker. Um, I, it made me, it directed me to become a high school teacher and a high school coach because I wanted to, um, you know, extend some of my, not playing days, but some of the, my stuff that I learned about football. So I, you know, I coach football and basketball and baseball and, and girls softball and track and field uh, while I was a high school teacher, mostly in federal way at Thomas Jefferson High School. Uh, and, and taught there for, you know, nine years. And, uh, and, and it was just a great initial start to, to this career that, that led forward to that. So. Frosty's a Hall of Fame coach for those that are listening that don't know at Pacific Lutheran University. Uh, well known from his quotes. I googled uh, Frosty Western quotes last night. And man, there's a bunch of them out there. You know, we don't have a great day. We make it a great day. And it just go. seems like he was a um, just a great influence on, on everyone that played under him. And uh, it's, it's really fun to kind of see that from a Northwest history. And I'm sure you had some good battles with Western back in the day as well. Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. I still remember the defense they ran. I was an offensive lineman of all things. I don't look like it now so much, but uh, that's a good thing, I think. And, um, but yeah, that, that was actually super fun playing up in Civic Stadium and, and coming here and, and a couple of the games. We also played Simon Fraser back then. So it's so funny to, to come up to this area uh, to work. I hadn't really been here other than just to compete before that. Great. Uh, being a former coach and student athlete, like we talked about, how much do you enjoy in this part of your life, seeing our student athletes compete? Um, obviously you make it to a fair amount of basketball, volleyball games. We see you at events, but how rewarding is it to see them out there honing their craft in competition and just in seeing, you know, I'm a, big proponent, obviously, of our coaches. They've been here, a lot of them have been here over 20 years, but seeing our coaches just grow into those, that excellence term, um, how fun is it to just kind of be a witness to that sometimes? Yeah, it's really great. Sometimes I'll go to a softball game or a soccer game, men's or women's, or, or even a regatta um, or, or any of the other, you know, the, the cross-country match or any other ones that happen in the gym. And and I won't necessarily follow the ball or follow the main action, but I'll look in the dugout or I'll watch. And, and, and it's really, it is really true. And when, when the, you know, they're, they're, so to speak off camera, they're not, they're not necessarily at bat or have the ball in their hands. Um, but to watch the way that they interact with each other, you can, you can tell on most of those teams, there's a, there's a, um, a relational piece that's really built on trust and built on respect. Um, and then you see somebody maybe not, you know, miss a, miss a strikeout or, or, or miss a pass or, or miss a shot or something. And, and, um, and to see the, just the supporting that coming over, they're saying comments to each other. There's not that, that, you know, critique or, or harsh criticism. And that, that doesn't happen naturally. I'm, I'm pretty convinced that we're hardwired as humans to do the very opposite. And uh, these coaches have developed that, that, um, 
that, that camaraderie, that, that support that, that really makes it going forward. So it's, it's super fun to watch those, those games and, 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 and division two, no slouch. I mean, it's awesome competition. In, in fact, I would argue that division two is in many ways more fun to watch than some D one games because you're closer to the action as a, as a, as an audience member and you're, you're, you're able to see it up front. Uh, you know, you go to a women's volleyball game and that, that ball will go over the net sometimes 10 to 12 times. And, and the women are diving all over the place. It's, it's, um, it's got to be one of the most exciting sports out there. Uh, and, and, and when you compare it with some other um, opportunities to see the students, uh, athletes compete, it's just, uh, it's just really fun to put those on your calendar, to go to those games, to cheer along, but then not always to watch the action, but they'll see what's going on in this. And the coaches are intense. You know, they're, they're high level. They're, they're, they're deep thinkers. This is their life. They strategize, they have plans. They talk to the student athletes and it just is, um, it's just a really high competitive, but high um, focus and high intense uh, endeavor. And of course, great facilities here at Western Carver gym renovated. It's a great place to watch volleyball and basketball Harrington field, one of the top soccer facilities in division two, you got a great softball field. So um, I know I'm always encouraging the community and my friends in the area to come out and see our games because it is special. I mean, I'm telling you when you watch one of those volleyball games and one of those volleyball matches and you see, these ladies just, I mean, it is amazing to watch them perform, to jump. I often ask myself, how do they dig that ball? And yeah. uh, it's just a really cool uh, setting. And I'm looking forward, obviously, to when we can do that again. And hopefully we can do it again with fans. But yeah, it's a, it's a really special place um, and a really a bunch of special student athletes and coaches. And you're a big part of that student athlete experience, um, which is great. How many with your with your role in the educational department, we touched on this a little bit earlier, but a lot of student athletes go down the teaching road. Um, a lot of them go down the road of just, you know, they're great mentors to kids and you see them working camps, you see them work as student teachers. I often say, uh, you know, I've had two babysitters since I've been to Bellingham and they both are now teachers in Bellingham public schools and they're members of our volleyball team. How, how cool is it to see that connection that your impact the education department and athletics is working so closely to, you know, especially Bellingham, Bellingham public schools. I can, I can name a lot of student athletes that have gone on just to coach uh, and uh, be PE teachers or to be a coach right here in Bellingham. It's pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, um, I wish there were even more, right? I think that we're, I'm always trying to figure out how we can make that connection um, between being a, a former, now a former athlete to becoming a, a teacher and a, and a coach on the other side. You know, we have that stereotype sometimes of the, the coach who's just teaching so he or she can coach. And, and that's really not the way it is anymore. Now people, they teach in an area, whether it's PE or history or English or science or math, because that, that has an academic passion to them. Um, and then they're able to coach the students um, afterwards. And, and we're seeing a trend in the public schools where the coaches are kind of coming from outside. We have that in Bellingham a lot, and they're really great coaches coming in and, and able to coach. But there's something pretty special about a teacher who works in the building, sees the students every day, as a high school teacher or a middle school teacher, and, and then after, after school's over, they're able to then go onto the, onto the field of competition and, and connect with the students that way. It's, I always like, you know, high school athletics is like, you know, AP, PE, right, or, or advanced placement PE, and, and to have those students... Um, 
student athletes in there. And, you know, when I always think when I, when I listen to Tony Romo or I listen to a, a former player doing color commentary on a, on a football game, they have such insight and such ideas that they can predict the play. They can explain what the thinking was. And after someone's been a student athlete at Western uh, in their chosen field, they know in their chosen sport, they know that sport so well to then be able to have an opportunity to not continue to play, but now kind of look at it from the other side and think strategy and think personnel and think where to go. Uh, I, I, I know for myself, it was always a, a really fun way to transition. Instead of being told the plays, I was in a position to start calling the plays. And instead of being able to think about the strategy of what do we do, help us out coach, being able to now come to the students and say, or the athletes and say, here's some ideas. And I, I, we find the same thing with, with the you know, former student athletes at Western. They go on, they, they start now thinking strategically and start thinking about where they might go. And it's only because they had that experience um, so intense and so in depth and so thoughtfully as athletes. It's a great platform. And I always enjoy to see what our student athletes, even though I'm in year six, to see what they're going on and doing. The catching up with the Emily Webster's, who's a Bellingham native and a all American and now a PE teacher at Columbia Elementary or Rachel Roeder, who you know has a family history in Bellingham and all American volleyball player. And now she's teaching at Carl Kozier and Abby Phelps, an all American outside hitter who's now teaching at Wade King. It's really cool to see the impact that they have on the community, not when they're not only when they're student athletes, but when they transition to Anya Turner's who's coaching a uh, women's basketball at Seahome, really, really special players, but you knew right away that they were going to make such an impact in the community when, when they got that diploma and moved on and they make us, you know, really, really, really proud of what they're doing. And, and occasionally I'll have them in class, you know, back when I'm teaching, you know, Kayla Berenson, I had as a, wants to be a high school English teacher and she brings her expertise as a you know phenomenal women's basketball player for us so that's right yeah it's really cool to see um another one of your roles uh that you do almost every year this year it's virtual but in the past you always go to the NCAA convention and uh I believe you were doing that virtually this week with Steve Card talk about some of the legislation that's going on some of the topics that you were involved with this week at the NCAA convention and um and what to look for yeah that's great this year it was really um, scaled back because it was virtual, um, you know, and, and, and it also just to you know, let you know, and it, just our listening audience know, you know, Steve Card as the athletic director um, kind of rounds all these people together and, and does a really nice job in that in the athletics department to try to help. He's been here for a long time and has such great insight into all aspects of the athletics programs and has just a high respect level um, from all of the conference uh, ADs as well as the conference center, uh, the, the conference itself, um, the GNAC. This week, the, the focus of the NCAA tournament had, had, was obviously on COVID and on distance, um, remote uh, competitions and the different ways that we're moving the seasons to the spring and trying to look to have what's hap going to happen next year. The legislation normally has about 15 to 20 pieces that are almost always around increasing life in a balance. There are questions about, you know, um, what, what do we, uh, when do we let student athletes start participating in, in college with their high school seniors? Can they come and compete then? Or, or what do we do? The biggest one that's probably on the table this year was around this thing of how can student athletes use their name or the image of them or a likeness of them and actually start getting some financial kickback for it? So if a local business wanted to put them on the side of a bus or have the, an advertisement, you know, what does that mean and, and, and how can we do that? We're seeing that a little bit more um, with the Division One. It was going to be voted on today, but there was pulled at the last minute uh, on all of the divisions. So the NCAs 
putting that on hold largely because of the COVID until they get some more um, strategies. So it's kind of a disappointment because it, it would be a nice opportunity for our student athletes to, to kind of um, benefit from some of their name, image, image and likeness. It's a very complex topic. But the other one, that, the other topic that's been going on this year and all years for the last several is around mental health awareness um, and, and what that means and how students can work in self-care. Um, you know, a lot of the student athletes are, are highly, um, well, they're highly skilled, but they're also highly competitive and highly focused sometimes perfectionists, sometimes, um, you know, wanting to really uh, not give in at all. And there's a, there's a mindset to that that is fantastic, but maybe doesn't make them the best sitting around the dining room table or, or self-care. And so looking into ways that we can help student athletes be self-aware and to seek support, uh, both not only for their, for their mental health, but also just for their well-being in life overall, relationally and with other people. And so that's been a real focus um, which I appreciate that it's not just looking at physical health or strength building, but it's also the whole um, mental game that, that's been so heightened, uh, and especially in the last five to 10 years um, around depression and, um, and, and, and different things around eating disorders and, and other aspects tied to mental health. Really important stuff. And you mentioned Steve Card. He's the you know, current chair of the NCAA Championships Committee. He's respected around the nation. And it's really cool to have a leader like that on our campus um, that's so well respected at the national level. And I know you work closely with Steve on a number of these things, not only at the NCAA and the Great Northwest Athletic Conference level, but just on campus. And, yeah, uh, it's funny, uh, Jeff, because we, we have, we're up here in, you know, little Bellingham up in the corner of Washington, but we have, I, I could list you five or six, you know, companies that have an international presence that employ hundreds of people, but they send their products, you know, around Barleen's and checking up cheese and you know a cheesecake and all these companies that have a local thing but we see them in costco and tennessee we see them you know selling in china we see them selling in canada and it just have this international presence same thing with our with our athletics we have this little thing up here we have an athletic director who's recognized nationally we have coaches that i'm sure are on the list of many many other athletics programs around the nation as like their short list if ever anybody quit or got fired they would call them up uh, and we have student athletes who are coming here and they're competing nationally and coming from around the nation to, to come here. So it's just, an, it's amazing. We sometimes think we're this little town of 85, 90,000 people, but it's, it's got this really significant um, draw and, and, and influence around, really around the world. It certainly does, which is a, another perfect transition. Um, you know, I moved up here in 2015. I don't know if there's a better place to raise a family, quite honest, huh. but uh, you've been here for over 25 years. Uh, what has it been like to raise your family in this community, um, you guys live close to the university and uh, often see you out enjoying the trails. Um, but what does it meant to have your kids go down to see home and move on to college and be involved in the athletic scene in the community and just be a part of the Belling home community? Yeah, there, there's, there was a Bellingham Herald article, I think when my, I have twin boys and a daughter, uh, and when my boys were two, there was a like a field day that was put on by the basketball team and the track and field team or teams um, down at Civ at the local stadium here in town. And, and there's a picture of um, my, my two boys running a, a really low set hurdle uh, thing. And, and it was great because it was a you know, way to, to integrate it in. And, you know, they grew up on campus with me. They would walk onto campus. We'd have dinner and you know, dining halls. We'd, you know, they, they sat and they were, um, you know, next to, the, the coach on the bench, they were the ball boys for games and, and just kind of integrated when they were, they were young. And the, the town itself just is, uh, 
you know, it's that village that people talk about that it says it takes a village to raise a child. It's a nice expression, and but it's true. And, and it's a really kind of a very close-knit community that lets them kind of move, you know, up. One, one of my kids, only one of my three, uh, but one did go, is actually graduating hopefully this, this spring and, and uh, will be a Western grad. And, uh, but they all, they all were able to just enjoy the, the community, you know, right on the water, close to the mountains, but also kind of uh, having their friends there with them as well. It's pretty cool. Um, I do like to end some of these podcasts with a couple of fun questions, get to know you a little bit better. Um, so I'm going to ask you some of those and uh, feel free to say, I'm going to pass on that or whatever comes top of your head. But what is the uh, favorite book you've read lately? This is a little bit too, maybe too much, but, but at night, my, my wife and I, because the house is now empty, we, uh, we, we've been reading different things. And right now we're reading um, All Things Bright and Beautiful by, by James Harriet uh, to each other. That's one. And I, but another one I read about a couple months ago, and th- these are not non, these are non-academic books. So I try to have that little bit of a branch. Yeah. Um, was, the, was one called The Hidden White House that was written years ago. And it was about um, the, the fact that the White House in the 40s was falling apart and they had to completely gut it and rebuild it. The only thing that's original in the White House is the outside walls. And just so it's just talking about the process of that and, and gave a little U.S. history at that moment as well. Pretty cool. What's a movie or a TV show that you've watched recently that you'd recommend? Well, I think that um, 13th is a really good movie, uh, as is Just Mercy. Uh, both two ones that will challenge your thinking around uh, justice and dismantling some inequities that we have built into our to our culture. I I watched the kind of the new movies, which are these you know eight or nine mo- uh, segment TV shows now, and there was one on the right stuff that was pretty good, uh, and then there's one on which you I think only get on your phones uh, called The Chosen, which has been really powerful. Sounds like you might be a little bit of a history buff there. Maybe I try all, I, I not, I don't idle well. And so sitting in front of a TV doesn't necessarily my best strength, but uh, you know, in COVID times, we've changed our lifestyles all a little bit. Favorite restaurant in Bellingham. Oh, you know, so I made this joke one time that it was the back corner of Trader Joe's where they would <laughs> give out free samples, uh, but they don't do that anymore. So I find that I don't go to Trader Joe's as much. So I still love going there. Uh, there's a little spot on, uh, we have a state street in Bellingham and there's a little cafe there called Leaf and Ladle. And they have really good salads and wraps. And in fact, just last night had, I think their butternut cream soup with coconut cream uh, was fantastic. Outstanding. I love a little bit of leaf and ladle. Uh, top choice for dessert, if you were to have it. Oh, anything lemon, uh, but probably most lemon, uh, lemon bars um, or, um, or lemon cake with like a nice uh, powdered sugar frosting on top. Last spring, I got a lemon tree. And so I just had my first lemon come off it. So I'm pretty excited about that. Favorite sports team to follow? Um, where Here at Western or do you mean around? Anything. Could be NFL, Major League Baseball, college yeah. sports. I, I do enjoy watching um, the Seahawks when they play well. And I, and I, so I, I, um, I'm committed to, you know, being a Northwesterner where sunshine is scarce. I'm committed to not watch a game if it's sunny outside and there's something better to do. But but in the same way, I, you do get to know those players and they're, and they're, and they're kind of fun. I, my mom is, so my mom enjoys the Gonzaga Bulldogs. And so I watch those men's basketball games to keep up to speed on that. <laughs> Number one, Zags are a lot of fun to watch. Uh, it's not the same without all their fans in the kennel, but they are a dynamic team this year. That's for sure. All right. I know that you are a big exercise and outdoor guy. So give us your best hike in Bellingham or Whatcom oh. County. 
Wow. So if you want to get tired, super tired, you can go the to Oyster Dome, which is south of Bellingham. If you don't want to get quite, that's got Chuckanut. If you don't want to quite get so tired, you can drive up to a place called the Samish Overlook that has this beautiful 180 degree sweeping view of the south and, and head up from there. And then on the other side of Lake Wacom, the east side of Lake Wacom, there's a called the Chantrell Trail. It's like the mushroom, the Chantrell mushroom. And it puts you up there to this lookout that overlooks the bay and Lake Wacom in the foreground. Pretty cool. And uh, let's not tell everyone about our little secret spot up on, uh, up on the Samish Crest because that's been a, a fun hike for our family right out our back doors. Absolutely. It's beautiful. Well, it, supposedly it's beautiful. Yeah, I think we'll just kind of keep that our own little secret. <laughs> Dream vacation destination if you were to have one. I have this thing that I want to do where I want to go through the Panama Canal. I think it would be a hoot to get on a cruise ship or some type of ship that could do it and just start on the east and make my way west through the canal. Very cool. Does Bruce have a hidden talent or hobby that not many people know about? I don't think so. Um, I want to develop some hobbies. I think I need to do it. I, I like to sail Western as a waterfront facility on Lake Whatcom, and I like to go down there and check out their little 10 or 15 boats or 10 or 15 foot boats, or they have a 15 foot um, catamaran that they, they sailboat. And I, and I like to get out there where it's just the wind moving you, you're off the grid and you're just kind of blown along. And uh, so I do like to sail. Awesome. Last question. Western has a beautiful campus. Do you have a favorite spot? Do you need to get out of your office or take a walk? What is your favorite spot on campus? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I do this thing where when we're on campus meeting, but I, I walk across campus at least three times a week um, where right in the middle of passing time. So all of the students are out. So there's literally five, 6,000 students of the, you know, 15,000 at Western, but five or 6,000 right there in front of the gym, right there in our red square area. And I just walk across campus at that moment on purpose as a constant reminder that these are all the students and this is why I'm here. I'm not here to push my own career or to do my own publishing or to do my own work. It's here. That's all a side benefit of the fact that the students are here and to work with them. But I love to walk across campus at a busy moment and, and just be aware of the students. If you walk to the west of campus, there's this lookout by the music building that overlooks the bay. Um, and I just think it's a fabulous spot to kind of look out there, especially in the afternoon to get the sun coming in and to see the water and the hills and even off to the north, uh, the mountains up in Canada. That's a great answer. I, uh, I have something similar. I actually park in uh, 12A, which is on kind of the south end of campus. And people say, why do you park so far away? Well, first of all, we all know the parking situation at Western. But in the morning, I love walking to Carver Gym and walking by the students and walking by the student athletes that you see. I kind of call it my hello walk. And it's a great way to start the day. And it's a fantastic reminder of why we are all here. And yeah. uh, not only to see the academic buildings and the lawns and, you know, on a nice spring day, the hammocks that are down by the academic west, but just to see the energy of campus and to see so many of our student athletes and to you know, say hello to them by name. It's, it's literally one of my favorite parts of the day. And so yeah. I, can, I, I know exactly what you mean by that. So That's great. That's, that's good work, Jeff. That's a good thing you're doing that. That's nice. Yeah. It's, yeah. It really reminds me of why I'm in Bellingham. And man, it's you know, seeing those smiles it, you know, back in the, you know, when you're going to work, it just, it's, a, it's a good way to start the day. And uh, man, I call, I call it my hello walk. We had a nice. hello walk at, at Washington State where I went to school and it kind of reminds me of that. So pretty yeah. good stuff. But uh, 
Bruce, we learned a lot about you, a lot, a lot about your role at Western as a, as a professor, but also what you do for the student athletes and for the athletic department. Um, can't thank you enough for joining us. And, uh, you know, we got to do this again sometime soon, but uh, you've been on my list for this podcast. We got it scheduled and, uh, and we had a great time. So I appreciate it. Thanks for joining Viking Voices. Thank you, Jeff. It's uh, good to talk with you today. Go Vikings. And I will hope they're back in the competitive uh, fields and courts of competition soon.